Need your Minnesota United soccer fix? We've got it for you here. It's Loon Talk on Score North. Welcome in, Loons fans, to another week of Loon Talk. Jonathan Harrison here, joined once again by voice of the Loons, Dan Terhar, as well as our trusty producer, AJ Fredrickson. Boys, how are we doing this week? Great. Spring finally arrived in Minnesota. I'm ready. Let's go. Yeah, same here. Uh, doing all right. Can't complain other than this past weekend. <laughs> yeah. You're going to bring up this last weekend, uh, not just wow. for for Minnesota United, but all across Minnesota sports. It was just a cluster bleep of a weekend. It was peak Minnesota sports, if you want to get into that. Uh, but we will stay with we'll stay with Minnesota United because that's like the least of the Minnesota sportsy thing that happened this weekend. So uh, let's jump into that. It's disappointing. 2-1 loss this weekend to Chicago Fire. Ends the Loons' undefeated run to start the season. There was three teams that entered match week seven undefeated. Only two survived and move on to stay undefeated. Uh, LAFC, which we kind of all expected the other team, FC Cincinnati, somehow are undefeated to start the season. Who knows? Weird things happen in Major League Soccer all the time. FC Cincinnati this season is one of them. But Minnesota drop all three points in Chicago. Chicago's first win of the season at home. Minnesota's first anything but a win on the road this season. Uh, Dan, I know you mentioned you don't have too much to talk about because it was just a very disappointing game, but uh, your overall thoughts on the 2-1 loss on Saturday. Well, the the passing in the first half was as bad as I've seen in quite a while. Um, <laughs> it was ugly. And, and But on the positive note, um, you know, they're 3-1 and one on the road this year. That's not a bad way to start the season. It's just too bad that that first half was so terrible. You know, they made a good effort in the second half to get back at it, but it was dysfunctional. That's the only word I can think of. Um, guys that usually make good passes were making terrible passes. Maybe not even that. Maybe just bad decisions all over the, uh, all over the pitch in Chicago. So uh, I was afraid of a letdown match, and that's what it felt like. You know, after the high of uh, giving St. Louis their first loss and the intense, amazing atmosphere at City Park in uh, in St. Louis, and then you go to Chicago to Soldier Field, which you know had a couple people in it and big vacant football stadium. Uh, so I'm not I'm not surprised. Maybe just how bad they played, I was surprised at in the first half. Um, and you know, if if you had a goalie over, you know. 20 years old, they probably would have gotten shut out because he made a horrible mistake that you, you wouldn't put up with your, you, your, your high school goaltender would get chewed out for that one. So um, they're lucky they got the one. So yeah, I don't know. That's it. That's all I got. You know, AJ, tell us all about what happened. Hold on. Before AJ pops in here, Dan, you mentioned, yeah. you mentioned the Chicago attendance. I will give you two guesses. Uh, hopefully you haven't seen this. I'll give you two guesses as to the attendance figure for at Soldier Field on Saturday, that they released. That they released. They really. Oh, I'm guessing they counted everybody that even looked at buying a ticket online. So about. Okay, I. It must be a bigger number than it actually was there. Twelve thousand people. Wow! First guess. Look at that. Really, twelve? Yeah, they listed twelve thousand people okay. in attendance at a. Okay, they, there weren't, yeah, weren't 12,000 people in that building. No, God, no. They close off the top half of the building. No. So they list as the capacity yeah. of Soldier Field of like 24,000. So they said half of yeah. that lower. No, it wasn't half full. Was filled. No, it was like no. maybe a quarter full, <laughs> if that. Maybe but if what, you what, took what, like oh. a, 
Maybe if you took like a five mile radius around the stadium, <laughs> then you might get to that. <laughs> well, I, know for, I know for those figures, they, they include like the entirety of both teams and the concession workers and the referees. So, you know, you're looking at yeah. at least 50. Yeah. People, so. um, <laughs> All right, AJ, your thoughts on the, on the loss? Yeah, no, it was, re- it was pretty, uh, it, it was kind of a letdown. Um, before the broadcast last week, Dan, you were telling us kind of off air, like, you know, as confident as Loon's supporters should be going into that game, it felt like a trap game. You know, you, you just came off beating St. Louis on the road, three road wins to start the season. Second time they've done that in club history. Only time uh, doing that was last season. Um, in Chicago, is just not that, uh, it, it sounds weird saying this now in hindsight, because they obviously won, but given what their roster looks like on paper, this should have been uh, maybe not an easy three points, but at least an easy one point, if not three points for, for Minnesota. And they just look flat in that first half. I mean, look, if if, if Kai Kamara is going to put up two against you, you're going to have a lot of issues for 90 <laughs> minutes. That's what I'll say. Um, the man. The, he the looked, he the, looked the, good, though. Come on. No, he yeah. Good. For 38 years old, he looked uh, he looked darn good. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, they the the passing was sloppy. It seemed like that energy that they had against St. Louis just wasn't there, at least until maybe middle to late second half after that Kervin Ariaga goal. And then you saw Franco um, kind of really getting into it and moving moving the hands and everything like that again. So um, I I don't know. It was just they were missing that fire, and it was uh, kind of a letdown. It was one of those one of those games where it gets done. And even though you just watched it, you're kind of like, was that a fever dream Did that really just happened? I, I don't believe that I just watched an actual soccer match. So um, it, it, it's unfortunate that they come away with a loss. That's a tough blow for a team that has started the season so hot. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, overall, I think fans are going to be a little disappointed and you're going to have to bounce back pretty big here next week. Yeah. I mean, uh, Kai Kamara scoring both of Chicago's goals in the first half and the way he did it, uh, that's it. It's not good for your defense that has performed pretty dang good this season, allowing just three goals in going into that match on Saturday all season long. And then allowing two to 38 year old Kai Kamara, who's on his 10th major league soccer team. And it's, it's a list of teams that he's been on. It is quite the, quite the expanse. He's gone across major league soccer. He's played everywhere. Uh, almost everywhere in this league. So uh, congratulations to him. He's one of my favorite players in this league's history, just because of his story. It's the fact that he's played for 10 teams over a period of what? uh, 17 seasons. It's incredible. That's an incredible uh, run for Kai Kamara. And it shows you why he's still in this league scoring goals. Like he does is he just knows where to be. He's not the fastest anymore. Obviously he's 38 years old. He doesn't have that speed on him anymore but he just knows where to be and where to put the ball at all times. And that's why he sticks around. That's why teams keep signing him. Uh, as for Minnesota, they did score a goal and Holy hell, what a goal it was. That's all you got to say about that. It, it felt like one of those goals. I don't really want to delve on the negatives too much because that just gets disappointing and people will turn off. So I kind of want to look into some of the positives if there is any. And the one positive is that goal by Kervin Ariaga that felt like it was coming with the free kicks that he's taken this season already. And you just kind of, it felt like a guided laser system where it's just like, all right, we're warming up. It's kind of getting closer. It's getting closer. Mm-hmm. All right. Now there's the target. And <laughs> Kervin Ariaga finally found the target, laced the hell out of that ball. Uh, he hit it and it stayed hit. And uh, the young keeper, Chris Brady tried to catch it, 
Not a smart idea, as Dan said. And it just bounces out of hand, out of his hands, goes over his shoulder and into the back of the net. But well done, Kervin Ariaga, man. I don't think I've seen a loon's goal like that in a very long time. Yeah, that was quite a strike. Uh, very impressive. And, and, and his other sh- ones, that especially the one that hit the crossbar, his other set piece was 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 better placement. But yeah. n- neither of those other two that I'm thinking of had near the uh, velocity on that, that strike. Um, that was just, he just boomed it. And it was almost like it was a frustration moment where he said, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to kick this ball as hard as I possibly can and see what <laughs> happens. And sometimes that works. And, uh, I really, really thought when he scored that goal, uh, there was enough time left. I really thought they were going to get the equalizer because I just didn't think Chicago was that good. Uh, I hope that the goaltender was a little rattled. And there were some moments he was flopping around in that six there a couple of times. So I, I, I almost was disappointed they didn't tie it up, but they didn't really deserve deserve it the way they played in the first half. But yeah, that was an incredible strike. It's fun to watch that when it when you see it. Yeah, that one, you almost got to wonder, like you said, was it just a frustration thing or does maybe in the moment he has that kind of knowledge of, you know, this is a young keeper. If I just kick Mm -hmm. it at him as far as I can, I try to put it through his chest. (laughs) Maybe something happens here. And then, you know, ultimately it did. So, um, no, I'm that the Honduras international, I don't know necessarily if he gets a lot of time on free kicks for them or not, but it looks like from what we've seen on a fairly low sample size, He's got, uh, he either does his own work on it or he, he knows his way around a free kick. So it's been a, a nice revelation with the absence of Reynoso and his abilities there to have a guy step in and maybe not replicate the finesse and technique as much, but be pretty reliable. And, you know, you're not necessarily thinking, okay, this is just a throwaway free kick. Um, it's nice to have that kind of safety and stability of somebody, a guy to just step in like that. Now, let me ask you guys this. We'll put this question out with, uh, without notice to the floor here. When, if Reynoso does come back and he steps back on the field, he's the starter or whatever, number 10, who gets the free kicks? Do you give them all back to Emmanuel Reynoso or do you let Kervin Ariaga take some of these more long-range ones because you know that, hey, man, this guy can lace a ball that like Emmanuel Reynoso generally can't? As AJ said, Reynoso is more of a finesse uh, free kick taker, whereas Carver Ariaga is just like pure, pure power all the way. There's no, there's no finesse about it. He's just gonna hit the hell out of the ball and hope it stays hit. Uh, who, who gets the free kicks when, when and if Reynoso comes back? I would divvy it up personally. I, I would still get. Yeah, I would my get my first response was he. Would you? Yeah, yeah. I would, I would give Reynoso the corner kicks and everything like that. Um, and anything the kind of right outside that 18, maybe within like 23, 25 yards, I'd let him get on it because that's going to be more in that he has to bend it around the wall. He has to get it into a specific corner. Whereas anything 25 or out Kervin's going to need that, that strong boot, right? Really strike it through the laces. And we, he's, he's exhibited, uh, <clears throat> exhibited that he has that power and is able to be fairly accurate with that power. And so that's the type of guy I would want on those longer range free kicks. My my gut feeling is it would go right back to Reynoso. I like the idea of mixing it up and, and situationally deciding when Ariaga should take one. Um, but I have a feeling that uh, if we see Emmanuel Reynoso, he probably goes after a short, uh, you know, 
retraining, retooling, whatever he's going to need, then I think he's right back on every, uh, taking every set piece. But it'd be interesting to see uh, uh, Ariaga get a chance at some of those longer ones where he can just, uh, you know, let it, let it fly like he did on Saturday. And I think having both of those guys when he comes back would be a nice, because if my memory serves me correct, Ariaga is a right footed shot. So if you can have both those guys kind of line up and have almost a dummy kick, that adds so mm-hmm. much dimension to their free kick tactics because the goalie's going to have to play the guessing game of is it coming off a left or a right yeah, foot? That's good. So, you know, that, that changes how the defensive structure with where they position the wall and maybe where the goalie sets up. So they really, moving forward, if they do slot Reynoso back in at some point this season, that's going to open up a different dimension for them on free kicks, even if it's not who takes it. It's just like from where, how do we want to maybe faint with a uh you know with a certain left foot or right foot before we actually do strike it so yeah that's a good point aj that Ariaga's right footed obviously reynoso's left footed so you can line them up on either side you can line them both up to take the free or look like they're going to take the free kick and just basically leave the goalkeeper and the defense guessing because obviously the goalkeeper is going to set up his wall and his defenders a very different way depending on who's taking that kick and if you have both of them who hit that ball very differently lined up right over it ready to take or looking like they're ready to take the kick good luck trying to figure out how that one's going to go. I mean, at that point, you're just playing the guessing game as to how this one's going to go. And that can lead to some really nice goal chances or goal opportunities for the loon. So I think I, I agree with AJ where I agree with you guys, where I hope that it's divvied up a little bit at least, but it kind of does feel like with how it's played out in the past that Reynoso will probably just end up taking the rest of them if he ever comes back. But with what you've what we've seen from Ariaga, I'd I'd let him take some of the longer range ones instead of have Reynoso try and deliver that ball in because sometimes it doesn't really come off where he's trying to deliver in that cross. It gets a little low and just doesn't get to where it needs to go, and it just never seems to be as dangerous as it could be. Whereas if you have Ariaga every once in a while take these long range shots, yeah, it may just end up just being a goal kick most of the time. But having that opportunity, having that chance where it's going to go in, I like that idea a lot better than just. Yeah, maybe it's going to be a header or maybe it's just going to be cleared out and lead to a quick counterattack, really, or a fast counterattack for the other team. So, yeah, that's pretty much all I want to dive into this game. Dan, you mentioned that after the goal, it felt like the Loons had a couple of chances or should have had a couple of chances anyways. Mm-hmm. They had, what, 33 minutes left to get a secondary or a second goal, and it just never felt like it came off. I mean, the offense was there. It felt like they were obviously a lot better than the first half, which was just miserable. The passes, the midfield just couldn't get the ball. And when they did, it was taken away from them as soon as it was, as soon as they essentially got it. The second half was a little bit better in that department, but the passing, just getting that ball into the final third was never there. I did like at the end, just throwing on all of the speed that they had with Sangbin Young and then uh, Bongi on the field. And then you had Mender Garcia come on late in the match. I love having just throwing all the speed and saying, cope with this. Good luck. But Chicago did because they threw on five center backs at the end of the match, (laughs) which is just the most absurd thing ever. But if you're going to have to stop speed over the last 10 minutes of the match, have five center backs and just tell them, don't leave the penalty box. Stay near here and do not let them utilize that speed. Yeah. And and by the way, speed doesn't make much difference when your def- the defense you're facing has everybody bottled up inside the 18. You got 10 of the 11 guys. Speed doesn't make much of a difference there because there's no room to run. So um, you're not going to get a lot of transition play where that speed comes into play at that point in the match. But you know what? You got some guys in. 
um, you know, move on. You know, this was a, it was a bad match. They probably got home before bedtime uh, with the short flight out of Chicago right after the match. And, you know, they're back at it today and just, you know, put it away and get ready for what's next. You can't, can't learn much from that match. No. And uh, what's next for the loons is a Saturday game. This coming Saturday at home. They're back at home for the first time in a couple of weeks. They will be playing Adrian Heath's old side, Orlando city SC who had the bye week last week after coming off a two nil loss at home against Nashville a couple weeks ago. So Orlando will be coming in fresh legs. Minnesota will be coming off the loss against uh, Chicago. Minnesota have yet to win at home this season. They have two draws at home this season. No losses, thankfully. But uh, boys, I, I I don't know what to think of this match because it's obviously still so early in the game, in the season. But mm-hmm. also, just don't know a whole lot about Orlando. We know, obviously, what we know about Minnesota coming off that loss and uh, having the, the run that they did to start the season. But Orlando sitting eighth place in the Eastern Conference this season. Two wins, one draw, and I believe two losses on the season or something like that. But uh, yeah, it's going to be an interesting game on Saturday at Allianz Field. I really want to see a Loons team that plays a lot better than they did against Chicago and also a Loon team that finds a way to win at Allianz Field because, man, do I miss hearing Wonderwall sing that song after the end of the match. Yeah, well, and the good thing is, I guess, you don't have to worry about Orlando because you really, Minnesota has to focus on themselves. Uh um, if they play the way they did in Chicago, they're going to lose to Orlando too. So it, it kind of makes game prep a little bit simple. It's focus on what they need to do better, what they need to do right. It doesn't matter what Orlando comes in here with because uh, they, they had so many problems last Saturday that it, it just it's not your concern at this point. And uh, maybe that's a good thing. You know, they just focus within and not worry about Orlando until Saturday and and just figure out what went wrong. But you, I agree with you, Jonathan. I, they need to come out with more fire and intensity, and that's what they did in St. Louis. And maybe that was the crowd. Maybe that was the atmosphere that got them charged up. Well, they should have that at home. The weather's going to be nice for the first time uh, this season at Allianz Field, and maybe the atmosphere is what they need. I hope that's what it is, and, and then they can uh, get this thing straightened out. Yeah, and maybe they're a team that just thrives on that atmosphere, which would explain – the lack thereof back in Chicago. <laughs> so if they're going to be a team that plays up to the atmosphere, um, I think that, I mean, that's a recipe for success, especially come, you know, later season playoff time, it's going to be raucous. It's going to be rowdy. And if they're going to be able to match that, that level and kind of play up to that game, that's fantastic. And yeah, coming back home now, you're going to have to perform against uh, a, an Orlando side that you don't know too much about. They didn't know too much about St. Louis, you know, so much, you can go off of there. So maybe Adrian Heath's uh, and his coaching staff have, uh, have their ways of getting some tactics and just kind of scouting um, these teams. You don't know a whole lot about. Um, And maybe they uh, bounce back here and it'd be, it'd be nice if they drop, if, uh, if it's another kind of stinker where they come out and they look very lax, basical. And it's a, it's a lot of low energy play in the first half. That's when I might think about pushing the panic button, but, um, I, th- I have, I have faith that this team is going to bounce back and look just fine on Saturday. Yeah. Same. Uh, let's take a look at some of the action from this weekend across major league soccer. I want to start off with LAFC three, Austin nil. Well, more like Denny Bowanga three and Austin, nil because he <laughs> scores the hat trick for LAFC this weekend as LAFC remain undefeated. I think they're up to second place or third place in the Western conference with a 4-0-2 record only behind St. Louis, or Seattle and St. Louis because of St. Louis's 5-0 run to start the season. 
Uh, but Denny Boanga, three goals, and that makes it six on the season for him. He's been a hell of a signing for them since he came over midway through last season. And LAFC looks as powerful as ever. I mean, they get rid of Chicho Arango, who I know on this program, I've talked about it plenty of times that it didn't make sense that they got they were trying to get rid of a guy who was just bagging goals after goals after goals. He had one of the best goals per 90 in the league history. And there's like they tried to get rid of him for a season and a half. They finally did. Well, doesn't matter because Denny Buanga is now bagging goal after goal after goal. So uh, LAFC remain as dangerous as ever. Yeah, they're as good as they were last year. They may be better. Who knows? So they're they're still the team to beat in MLS. They made that pretty clear because uh, Austin, Austin's a decent club, and they uh, they didn't have a chance. So yeah, LAFC just rolling on. Yeah, the other result that uh, that caught my eye was Seattle three, St. Louis City nil. That makes it two weeks in a row where St. Louis struggled to or can't find the back of the net. Uh, two losses in a row for them after starting out five and zero down to second place in the Western Conference after Seattle overtook them with their win this Saturday. But Seattle, uh, after a season where they missed the playoffs but did win the CONCACAF Champions League, now right back where they belong and where they expect to be every season at the top of the Western Conference, AJ. Yeah, um, I I'd, I'd alluded this last week when you weren't on the show here, but I think now is going to be the the evening out for St. Louis City. They didn't necessarily have the toughest competition for the first you know, four or five matches of the season. I don't think anybody expected them to win all of them to start the year, but you know, maybe have uh, some decent showings and they exceeded those expectations, but they face a tough Minnesota side. They lose. They face a tough Seattle side. They lose. I got a feeling this could be a little bit more of a trend. And despite how great of a start they had, we'll get kind of that evening out of statistical anomaly where they're going to come back down, maybe settle middle of the pack. I still think they're a very good club. Um, a lot better than what a lot of people were anticipating them to be, but I I, I don't think they are the uh, Western Conference first place, you know, division leaders, conference leaders like they have been for the first five weeks. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, boys, I don't know if you saw this. I, I think I know AJ did because he sent me the video of it. Uh, but LA Galaxy <laughs> starting the season, still looking for their first win of the season. They are. Let me let me pull up the, the time frame here. They're down one nil. It's the 63rd minute. A call goes to VAR. The the ref is in in the, the little area looking at the monitor. And boys, what's the rule when the ref goes in that area? You don't go in and disturb the ref. What does 36 hmm. year old LA Galaxy midfielder, defensive back, or whatever he is, Martin Caceres, do? He goes in, grabs the ref's shoulder, turns around, and tries to talk to him while the ref is looking at the monitor. A guy this experienced shouldn't be doing this. It was an immediately and it was immediate second yellow, which was a red card for him. LA Galaxy go down a man after looking at the VAR. The penalty is awarded. Boom. Uh, the Dynamo convert, make it 2-0. And the Dynamo leave Houston on Saturday with a 3-0 win over the Galaxy. Holy hell, LA Galaxy are awful. From the front office on down to the playing field, <laughs> it is a complete and utter dumpster fire. For some reason, the coach, coach and players are telling their fans who have been protesting because of front office issues that they've had for going on years at this point. Uh, hey guys, we, we shouldn't be protesting. Just come to the, come to the stadium. It'll get better. Uh, yeah. The fans are right to protest with what's going on with one of the more historic franchises in this league's history, a team that kind of built the built the aura of the galaxy. Uh, and now it's just crumbled in the last five, six years. The galaxy are a joke. They are still, 
looking for their first win of the season at this point in the season. Douglas Costa got a red card in second half stoppage time as well. So they're down to two or they're down two men to a Houston side who have been playing pretty dang well this season. I um I think any time a player touches the the uh the referee, I think it should be a yellow card. Not just when he's in the VAR uh area. I think anytime they touch him, they should just yellow card, just throw him out. Uh, that's that's always bothered me. Uh, that they allow them sometimes to come in and grab their shoulder or touch that. Just keep your hands off the referee. They got they got enough problems dealing with what's going on. But yeah, Galaxy. Uh, that's a ballsy move by the uh, front office. Don't worry how bad we are. Just come to the game anyway. Come on. Like, yeah, is that work? Weird. Does that work? <laughs> yeah. Well, it yeah. it only gets worse for them because they play LAFC this weekend in the LA Derby. So yeah, that'll be Galaxy. great. <laughs> all right boys you ready for the predictor oh yeah all right uh, yes explain away sir always the predictor we uh each pick three upcoming matches in the mls one of them being the upcoming minnesota united match you predict the winner and the score or a draw if you get the uh, winner correct or the draw correct you get a point if you get the score exactly correct you get a bonus point total of six points available each week but that never happens only one time this season have we had the correct predict or correct score and uh, everything come right. That was only one time this season. I think we had a couple times last season. Yeah, uh, not often. Second. Yeah, just a couple times last season. Uh, but right now, boys, we go into this week with the standings. I'll get to those in a second. But first, accountability session. Dan, yes. are you sure you want me to do this? Because last week was not good for you. It was an open. I was so yeah, but I was so close. Yeah, you were so Fine. close in that 1-0 Portland result that, you, that you said Portland would win. Vancouver won 1-0. So you got the scoreline right, just the wrong team. So you were close there. You said it would have been a 2-0 New York Red Bulls win over San Jose. It was a 1-1 draw. And then you said a 3-0 Minnesota win at Chicago. We've already discussed what happened there. Uh, AJ, you said it would be a 2-1 Minnesota win. So mm. you were... Close-ish. Wrong is wrong. wrong. Doesn't matter. Wrong is wrong. (laughs) Also only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades. And we're not playing either (laughs) though here. But though, AJ, you did get two points this week. You said uh, New England would beat Montreal 2-0. They doubled that score. It was a 4-0 win. Uh, You got to up those numbers, AJ. Those are some rookie numbers. Uh, You did say, though, Columbus would beat DC 4-1. It was just a 2-0 win. Christian Ramirez does score again in that one. So, uh the Ramirez hype train is continuing on across major league soccer as he continues to have his uh, early joining the team spark that will most likely eventually fade as it has every time. Unfortunately (laughs) that don't take that as me hating on the guy. I like the guy. I like his story. I love his story. It's a great story. It's just, there's a, there's a pattern at this point in his career. So it'll go uh, Calvo eventually. (laughs) I don't think it'll get that bad, but all right. So, that means it's time to make our predictions for this week. I didn't make any predictions last week because I wasn't here. So I will start, and I will start with Minnesota against Orlando. I'll start off with that one. And I will say, boys, a 2-1 Minnesota win. I'm not going too too far Ooh. out there right now. 2-1 Minnesota win. Uh, AJ, why don't you go next? All right. Um, I also think Minnesota will uh, pick up three points here. I'm going to say a 2-0 win, though. They will uh, shut them out and score two. All right, Dan? I had two nil for my pick Minnesota over Orlando. So the, I still think they're going to win. So I can't pick them to lose here. So I'll just go 
doesn't matter. Um, I'll go three nil. I'll add one on it. All right. I will go with uh, a couple of rivalry games this week. I'm going LA Galaxy versus LAFC. This one's at the Galaxy's place. But as we mentioned, fans are protesting. They're not happy with everything that's going on within the Galaxy. So it's almost like this is going to be an away game for the Galaxy at their own place in their own city against their cross-city rivals who have came and dominated them over the past couple of years. LAFC 5, LA Galaxy nil. Ooh, wow. That's wow. AJ. Um, I'm also picking that game. Um, I am going to, I don't think it's going to be that embarrassing, but it will still be pretty <laughs> embarrassing. I have a LAFC three LA galaxy nil. All right, Dan. LAFC four galaxy nil. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> One of us is bound to be right. There is no faith in the galaxy on this podcast. Mm, uh, let that be known. Zero. All right, the other rivalry game I'm picking, and I know Dan always gets on me when I pick this game because it makes no sense because whenever these two teams face off, it's always the team that you don't expect to win ends up winning. Yep. Portland hosting Seattle this weekend, boys. Seattle, as we already mentioned, at the top of the Western Conference standings with a 5-1-1 record, a plus-12 goal differential, are going down to Portland. They're bitter rivals in the Cascadia Derby. These two teams hate each other. Unfortunately for Portland, it has been a 1-4-2 and two start, a negative six-goal differential. Portland have been miserable this season, only 1-1-1 one, one, and one on the road this season. Meanwhile, Seattle are riding high and flying high this season. So Seattle, 3-1 win this weekend. AJ? Wow. All right, my last game is San Jose and Sporting Kansas City. I, uh, I've been good surprised. still available. Say it again? It said good seat's still available. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, but BOGO is the uh, sale they have going on for that one right now. Um, I, I've been pleasantly surprised with uh, San Jose. They, I, I expected them to be, you know, utter trash, but they have uh, said nobody them. ever. They, <laughs> um, they're they're going to win one nil over Sporting Kansas City, who have just been really, really bad this year. All right, Dan, wow. your final pick of the day. You should watch. You, you should watch that match, AJ. I think it's that's your homework. You should have to watch oh, that for picking. Watch it, it and don't fall asleep. That uh, that sounds like <laughs> cruel and unusual punishment. Uh, my last pick will be Philadelphia four, Chicago one. Wow, there we go. Ooh. Kai Kamara scoring for Chicago, just one goal. Probably, probably. <laughs> <laughs> All right, boys. Now it's time for write that down, and it's a special edition of write that down. Last week was supposed to be the Golazo week. Unfortunately, I was sick, so we we held off for a week. This week is Golasa week. But first, let's get to an accountability session before we explain what uh, write that down is and the, uh, what uh, Golasa week meant, means. So uh, as part of write that down, accountability session, we'll go through some of these picks and uh, figure out which ones were right and which ones were wrong. Uh, earlier, or uh, last week, Dan, you said Minnesota will get a goal from outside the 18 against Chicago. Thank you, Kervin Ariago. Yes. That, with that thunder blast. Yes. Man, he just really laid into that one. Uh, so that is a correct point for you. That brings your goal total this season up to eight. You didn't have anything come off in the negative column this week. So good yeah. good on you for that one. Uh, AJ, you had a bunch come off the board. You had four things come off. Too good, too bad. We'll start off with the bad and end with the good. You said Bongi will score at least two goals in the next four matches. That was back uh, when the next four matches would be Colorado, Vancouver, St. Louis, Chicago. I think he only scored against Colorado. If I'm remembering correctly, yeah, so mm -hmm. only the one goal, so you don't get a point there. You did say Minnesota will have more than 50% of the possession against Chicago, and 
Oh, they were so close. They were so close. <laughs> so, so close. By like a one and a half percent. You missed it, AJ. Mm. Sorry, buddy. But, uh, that's a that's a zero point for you. You did say, though, this piggybacks off Dan much earlier this season. Kervin Ariaga will score from a set piece at least once this season. Thank you, Brady, for mishandling that one and basically gifting <laughs> Kervin Ariaga a goal there. Uh, you did say by the end of match week seven, St. Louis will not be at the top of the Western Conference standings. They are not because Seattle beat them and overtook them. So one point there. So you get two points on the week. You're up to seven goals on the season. I'm still down at three, but I still have a ton of picks yet to come off the board. So as part of write that down, we each make three soccer-related predictions. They don't have to be score lines. They can be whatever we want. And we'll keep track of those predictions throughout the year. We'll call them goals. And whoever has the most goals at the end of the year will win the coveted golden boot. And every once in a while this season, we'll throw in Golasso weeks where we have to make outrageous, outlandish predictions. And the stipulation is if the other two people on the on the crew here don't think that the prediction is Golasso enough, the person has to add on to that prediction. You can't change a prediction. You can't do a completely different one. You have to add on to it. You have to parlay it somehow. To make okay. it even more outlandish. So I will start. I will say, write this down, boys. Tiago Amada, four goals, five assists on the season so far. He's already up to nine goal contributions, according to FBRF. I'm not going with MLS's assist counters, as we've discussed here plenty of times on the program. Tiago Amada, who might leave halfway through the season, will end the season with 30 goal contributions between goals and assists. Is that Golasso enough? That yeah. would be among one of the best seasons in MLS history if it were to happen. And there's the possibility that he might leave in July. I would say yes, but I, I'm willing to hear an argument, Dan, if you disagree. No, no, it, it seems, no, I, I, we will. Yeah, go ahead. Write it down. That's good. Write that down. All right. Uh, Dan, your first Colazzo. <sighs> okay. St. Louis, <clears throat> St. Louis city will not qualify for the MLS playoffs. Ooh. Is that enough? It's still early in the season, though, so I don't know, AJ. It's tough to say that's not with the start they've had. Now they face, you know, they've lost to two, I think, pretty solid teams. Um, just for the just for the sake of the teams they've lost to, I I would allow it. That's very fringe, Golasso, though. Yeah, you're, you're bordering on on having a parlay, like... so we'll let it pass. We'll let it pass. All right, AJ. All first right. One. It was close. I knew it was close. It was close. My yeah. first one at some point this season, include, including the postseason. So just by the end of the MLS calendar year, Dane St. Clair will string together five consecutive clean sheets. Whoa. <laughs> Look at five that. in a row. Five in a row. Wow. Uh, go for it. Yeah, I'm good with that. Yeah, I'm good with that. That'd be incredible. Uh, that goes yep. off of one of mine. Boys, write this down. Dane St. Clair will have the most clean sheets across Major League Soccer this season. Well, there we go. All right. Let's ride. Let's ride. Yeah, Let's ride no. the Dane St. Clair train. Write it down. Write right. it down. Uh, Dan? All right. Emmanuel Reynoso will lead Minnesota in MLS assists this season. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yep, absolutely. That write that down. It's not on the team. <laughs> It's not in the country, not in this, <laughs> not even in the continent, the yeah. hemisphere. <laughs> My goodness. I don't even know if it's alive. All right, AJ. <laughs> um, we're going to stay bold here. Um, write this down. Minnesota United FC will win the U.S. Open Cup. Dang it. 
Dang it! You, what a reaction. You have that one? Yeah, that was my next one. <laughs> ah! uh, the problem with this is now now you have to come up with a whole new Golasso pick on the fly. That's why yeah. I'm so upset. Yeah, Damn. yeah. Uh, who, who do they who do they play? The, who's their first oh, matchup? Pick them. Instead. Detroit City FC. Yeah, say Detroit's gonna win. Oh, <laughs> oh. all right. I'm, I'm glad I, I got that one next. I got it. <laughs> Minnesota United will win the U.S. Open Cup and allow a total of two goals over the entire tournament. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, right you might as well just down. You might as well just take that one off the board now. <laughs> you can have it. Yeah. Good luck with that one. Allow um, no more than two goals. I have one more. Jeez. <laughs> it's me, isn't it? It, it is. is. Yes, you're up. God, I'm not prepared. Okay. All right, I got it. Um, FC Kaiserslautern <laughs> will win the two Bundesliga and be relegated up at the end of the year. Be promoted, you mean? Promoted, reverse relegation. Promoted. <laughs> Rever- uh, okay. a, a reverse relegation. Give me one second. I'm pulling up their standings. Yeah, I don't <sighs> think that. I don't think they can be all that hot right now. Kaiserslautern are seventh in the two Bundesliga right now on 40 points. The teams mm-hmm. leading it, the two teams who would gain automatic promotion, Darmstadt on 58 points, Hamburger on uh, 53 points. Uh, Hamburg. I, it's not Hamburger. Hamburger. I'm American. It's Hamburg. Hamburger. <laughs> Cheeseburger is one. Well, they just, beat, they just beat third place Heidenheim the other yeah. week. And then uh, you it was know. on 51 points. So they've got 11 points to go. And I don't even know how many games they play in this league. So they play Hamburg on Saturday. That's where the surge begins or continues. Well, they're going to need FC St. Pauli to really start dropping games. They're five. They're five zero and zero in their last five. So that uh, that might cause them. <laughs> they play thirty four. They have seven games left to go to get automatic promotion or to win the league and make up an eighteen point differential, which I don't think is actually possible. So write that so down. Be, so be, write that very down. narrowly possible. <laughs> it, it is actually very nearly possible 21 points they have 21 points left to go they have to win every game and have thumb shot lose a lot so are we are, that are we willing to say that's worth like three instead of just the two no, like still two. no okay. oh but what? yeah by the way these picks are all are worth two points if you score them not just the normal one goal two points so uh oh, AJ, your final one okay. of the day my final one um so right now Man City new striker Erling Holland is sitting at 30 goals in the Premier League season thus far on the year. They have eight matches remaining, according to my knowledge. The current uh, the current like record set at the 38 game season is Mo Salah with 32 um, most goal in any any uh, season ever. 42 games by Andy Cole back in the 93 94 season, um, and Alan Shearer in the 94 95 with 34. I think he breaks all of those, but he reaches it at 40 goals on the season. So in the, he's going to reach 40 goals at least and do it uh, by the, in the next eight games. He's going to score 10 goals over the next eight games. Yeah, absolutely. He's going to have a couple back-to-back hat tricks. If it wasn't early in Holland, it wouldn't be so close, but huh. that's, that's an iffy one for me because he's yeah. just a freak of nature. He's a robot scoring goals. Yeah, I'm, I'm okay. If the guy, yeah. if the guy scores 10 goals in eight matches, no, it's, it's well worth the two points. <laughs> yeah. So that was also got to think about that. They're, they're, they're still uh, in the running for the champions league. So Pep's going to be more focused on that. Probably. Well, that's the thing. I I think he'd rather win the champions league than another, 
than another league title. It's so. City. They're not in the running for the Champions League. Let's let's be honest. <laughs> They'll find a way to lose it. Uh, that has been the Golasso edition of Write That Down because why the hell not? We're just having fun on the show. I know. Uh, making I don't like predictions. it. We, we're going to bring it back at least a couple more times this season because it's fun making these outlandish predictions that most likely won't hit. But if they do, oh boy. <laughs> Let it ride. Give you those two goals. All right, so, boys, that's been uh, another edition of Loon Talk. We will talk to you. Uh, Dan Terrar and myself will talk to you on Saturday from Allianz Field as the Loons host Orlando yeah. City SC. Pre-match at 7 p.m., kickoff at 7.30 p.m., 1500 ESPN, AM 1500 ESPN, 1500 ESPN.com, and the free Score North mobile app. Boys, uh, after that, we'll talk to you right back here Monday afternoon, night, whenever we decide to record and release it. AJ? Also, remember that if you are watching on Apple TV this weekend, you are able to tune in to the uh, ESPN 1500 home radio broadcast just on the uh, Apple TV app while streaming the match. Click the uh, settings icon in the lower right-hand portion of the screen. Select circle with three lines. Yep, select home radio broadcast. It takes like a second or two to sync up, and then you'll hear Dan and Jonathan on the call live, synced up perfectly with the game. Um, and you know, then you get that local hometown broadcast call, which I know everybody loves. So there you go. Yeah. We're getting there four hours early. So you Good idea. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> That's a side testing. Story. One, two, three, <laughs> testing, testing. Okay. Good. I'm going to sit here for the next three and a half hours. Thanks. Thanks All right. That. That's a side story. Uh, for a different time. All right. Boys, it's been good talking to you about the loans. Disappointing week. Uh, we'll be right back here next week. Loans fans, talk to you then. Bye. See you. See you.